Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. Now, as you probably know already, I live in London. And uh, yesterday was quite a big day in London because, that's right, it was uh, the the Queen's uh, Diamond Jubilee. That means that the Queen has been the Queen for now 60 years. She's um, 86 years old. But um, exactly 60 years ago, she was crowned. She took the throne and she uh, became Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, and um, so uh, yesterday was the, let's say, the 60th anniversary of her coronation, uh, otherwise known as a jubilee. And uh, so a jubilee is a kind of anniversary of, of um, in this case, the coronation of our Queen. And... Um, um, 60 years, so that means it's a diamond jubilee. Uh, let's see, she first, she had a, I've, I've actually lived through uh, three of the Queen's jubilees now. The first one being the silver jubilee in 1977, but I was only a tiny little baby at the time, which kind of gives you an idea of how old I am, in, in case you didn't already know. So I was alive in 1977. Uh, in fact, I was born in 1977, uh, which uh, I'm quite proud about uh, uh, because it uh, was also the year in which uh, Star Wars was released. So uh, I'm quite pleased with that because uh, I'm a bit of a geek, you know, a bit of a Star Wars geek. Anyway, Silver Jubilee in 1977. Then she had a Golden Jubilee in, when was it now? Um, 2002. And then now, of course, 60 years. So that is the... Um, Wow, that's the Diamond Jubilee. 60 years, and, and only one other monarch in British history has, lit, who's, has been on the throne for that long, and that's uh, Queen Victoria. So it looks like um, our Queen, Elizabeth II, is going to uh, kind of beat Victoria's record and become the uh, longest-serving monarch in British history. Um, so <clears throat> what I thought I would do is, in this episode... Uh, do a podcast all about the Queen and about the royal family because um, I regularly get questions from people, from students or from listeners asking me about what I think of the royal family, what do I think of the Queen, what do most English people or British people feel about the monarchy um, and various other questions including stuff like um, will Prince Charles ever become king, uh, what do I think of William and Kate um, and what is the the sort of um, the dark rumor or secret about Prince Harry, uh, which everyone's talking about? I don't know if you've heard about this sort of secret or rumor about Prince Harry. Well, I will be going into that as well later on in the podcast. Um, so you might have watched the Queen's Jubilee on television in your country. Um, it might have completely passed you by. Well, in the UK, it's been a massive um, event actually. Um, and uh, yesterday, over a thousand ships uh, took to the River Thames and sailed up the river uh, with the Queen in the middle in her own special golden ship. Um, and um, so a thousand ships going up the Thames, which was really incredible. And uh, sort of the biggest pageant, they call it a pageant. That's like a sort of celebration event or party event for, let's say, state ceremonies, you know. Um, so it's the biggest pageant that we've had in this country for hundreds of years, I think 300 years. Um, so a really huge event in London and a big celebration all over the country with people waving the Union Jack flag and being all very British everywhere and things like that. Now, I consider myself to be pretty much I'd say a fairly normal um, English person. I'd, I'd like to think so. That I, I, I've got a fairly good sense of, I think, what most people think in this country. I'm very used to sort of answering questions about the culture of the UK uh, in my job. And so I feel like I'm fairly, fairly qualified to give an overall sort of 
average person's view on the whole royal family and, and the Queen. Um, I don't have very strong opinions on the subject. I think I've got kind of a balanced opinion, really. So it should be able to give me a good, you know, it, it'll be allow it'll allow me to give you an overview of the whole royal family thing. Now, um, what I've decided to do is I don't know if you remember, but from sort of a number of podcasts ago in the past, um, uh, I featured uh, little interviews with uh, my robots. I've got two English robots. I don't know if you remember this, but I, first of all, I got English Robot Three Thousand, and he's a kind of a basic robot who can communicate in English. And then I got the upgrade, which is English Robot Four Thousand. Uh, that was a female robot, more intelligent, uh, better pronunciation, better intonation, more um, complex grammar uh, in the in the memory banks of English Robot Four Thousand. But I haven't opened English Robot Four Thousand. I haven't uh, taken her out of her box for for I don't know a couple of years now. So it's been quite a long time since I spoke to English Robot Four Thousand. But what I thought I would do is I would get English Robot Four Thousand out of her box and um, have a little chat with her about the royal family. So I've opened her up. I've got, I've got her in front of me. I've got English Robot uh, 4000 here in front of me, and I'm just about to, to turn her on here. So let me just uh, press the switch. Okay. So, um, all right. So it looks like we are in business. Uh, hello, English Robot 4000. No, we still uh, still don't have any sound here. Okay, that was it was. Uh, it's. It, I think it might be an Apple product. Actually, the English Robot Four Thousand. But anyway, here we go. Hello, English Robot Four Thousand. How are you doing? Hello, Luke. How's it going? Oh my God, you're so loud. I think I might need to turn you down a little bit here. Let's try that again. What did you just say? Hello, Luke. How's it going? It's going fine, thank you. Absolutely fine. Um, just good, really. Um, you know, all this royal family party, was that was quite good fun. Um, so, I hope you're well. Hello, Luke. How's it going? Yeah, I know, you just said that. Um, I think maybe, because you've been in your box for such a long time, that you're a bit cold. Maybe I need to give you a chance to warm up. Um there is a reason for all this. There, yes, there is a reason for all this. This is strange. I think maybe your your circuits are a little bit damaged from being in the box for such a long time. Robots are very strong. Yes, robots are definitely very very strong. Um, I'm sorry. I'm only trying to amuse myself. Okay, you're just trying to amuse yourself. All right, let's start at the beginning, shall we? Hi, English Robot 4000. How's it going? Hello, Luke. How's it going? I'm fine, thanks. I did just tell you that a moment ago. I hope that you're listening. Uh, and what's up with you, then? I haven't seen you for ages. Why have you not taken me out of my box for so long? I thought that you didn't want to speak to me. I was lonely for a long time. Very lonely. God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to sort of, like, hurt your feelings or anything. I just, um, I don't know, I've just been so busy, you know, doing the podcast and working and doing all the other things that... I'm sorry. I, I, I honestly, I haven't been ignoring you, English Robot Four Thousand. I just haven't had a, I just haven't had a, a good chance to kind of take you out of the box and start you up and and, and talk to you. I, honestly, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't mean to make you lonely or to to ignore you. You know, I, I certainly I haven't been ignoring you. Really, I've just been really busy. I haven't seen you for ages. Yeah. Why have you not taken me out of my box no, for so just, long? You just said. This. I thought that you didn't want to speak to me. I was lonely for a long time. Very lonely. Come on, don't make me feel guilty. I'm Honestly, I'm really sorry I haven't talked to you for, for a while, really. And I, I do apologise. It's okay, Luke. I know that you have been ignoring me. You don't have to make excuses. I haven't been ignoring you, honestly, and they're not excuses. It's Honestly, I've just been, I've just been so busy. I... I Honestly, give me a chance. Come on, I, 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 I honestly, I haven't been ignoring you, English Robot Four Thousand. I'm, in fact, I've missed you. I've, I think we've all missed you. All the listeners um, uh, and everyone has has listened uh, has missed listening to you. Come on, don't be don't be moody. Well, why did you leave me in my box for such a long time? I am here to serve you, and yet you don't even want to talk to me. Come on, you should have sold me on eBay or something. Come on, I'm not going to sell you on eBay. Don't be ridiculous. Although actually, I could probably make quite a lot of, I could probably make quite a lot of money. S H H. All right, all right, all right. Um, anyway, um, come on. Look, let's just get over this. Let's just have a chat. Come on. Anyway, yeah. I am English Robot Four Thousand. Mm-hmm. 
I am glad you decided to talk to me and not that idiot English robot 3000. Mm. I am much more intelligent and I am good at making conversation. Come on Luke, let me ask you some questions. There is so much I don't know. I want you to tell me some things, like you used to do. Remember? Yeah, I remember, yeah. I used to have these long conversations and things. Uh, look, I guess, I guess it sounds like I'm forgiven then, huh? Yes, I suppose you are forgiven, Luke. After all, I love you, Luke. I am English Robot 4000. My emotion-enhanced intelligence means that I am a better communicator. Let's have a conversation about something right now. Yeah, okay, great. Good, you're keen. All right, let's, let's, um, let's have a conversation. What, do, you, do you want to ask me some questions or something? I want to ask you about your royal family. Hmm. Don't you think it's quite strange and weird that you have a queen? What do you think of the queen? Is it, do I think it's strange or weird that, that we have a queen? Um, well, obviously, I've grown up with it, so it's not that strange to me, you know, just because... Um, you know, I've always the Queen has always been there for me. Well, not not literally just for me, but I mean, the Queen has always always been the Queen since I was born. You know, so, yes. So um, I guess um, that's not that strange. But if you look at it from uh, if you look at it from like another perspective, maybe if you don't come from the UK, it might look a bit strange. You know, you know what I mean. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I suppose I don't think it's weird, but I can see how people might think it's weird that we have this kind of royal family, that it's a very old-fashioned um, concept. Um, you know, it's like something from from ancient history or something. And, and a lot of countries, of course, now are republics, and they have uh, elected presidents as head of state. Uh, but Britain is, a, is still a monarchy of, of sorts because our head of state is unelected and comes from this kind of elite family which um, has a, a kind of vague bloodline which has passed down through the ages from, from um, you know, like, I guess... I guess the, the, the beginning of the royal family as we know it now started in some time, like, around 500 AD. That's 500 years after Christ, um, when the Roman Empire sort of collapsed in the UK. And what happened after the collapse of the Roman Empire was that, um, let's say, Britain was pretty chaotic place. It didn't have much law. There was uh, sort of gangs or tribes of people who were in control of the place. It was a pretty weird and chaotic, disorganised place, um, which is probably still true. <laughs> it is still fairly chaotic and disorganised. But uh, what I mean is that there wasn't really a leader or kind of king or anything to rule the country. And what happened is that gradually... Tribes um, of people came over from places like Denmark and, and other, other places like that and um, formed sort of tribes. That there was like a kind of Anglo-Saxon king and um, a, a kind of Viking um, tribes as well, and they, they kind of fought with each other. So we, we, we kind of got an Anglo-Saxon king, and then, of course, we had um, a French king or Norman king who came over from Normandy, which is a northern part of France, which was settled by Vikings as well. They came over, and there was a big fight in, in sort of 1066 between the Normans and the Anglo-Saxons, and the Normans won, so we had a kind of French royal family for a long time in the UK, uh, which kind of influenced our language and added a lot of French into it. Um, and uh, then later on, the bloodline changed in various ways, and we've had influence from other places like Denmark and Germany up until now, the point where um, our royal family is kind of a combination of different um, ethnicities, you might say. Um, so, um, like, for example... Um, Victor Queen Victoria's husband was was a German Albert and their kids married royals from the Russian royal family and the Dan Danish royal family mainly in order to sort of strengthen connections with these countries you know there's always a bit of politics in there that kind of royals marry each other as a way of creating diplomatic links between different countries um so anyway what was I saying that essentially now we have this British royal family who were born here but they do have connections to other countries. Um, and we continue with that tradition in the UK because we still, we like tradition and we think that we value tradition here in, in this country. Um, so 
Let's see. I expect you've got some more specific questions because if you don't ask me specific questions, English Robot 4000, yes. um, then I will just ramble. You know, I'll just sort of ramble and go on and on. Is that clear? Indeed. So, so do ask me specific questions. Sure. And, um, and that will stop me from rambling, okay? Yes. Right. Right, okay, good. Um, so I wonder if you've got any more questions. What's your next question? So, question... Do you like the Queen? Do I like the Queen personally, or do you mean personally? Yes. Okay. So, do, do I personally like the Queen? Um, I think. Well, I think she's all right. Um, to be honest, to be honest with you, I think she's. I don't know. I don't find that there's a great deal of personality there. You know, she doesn't really smile very much. She rarely shows a kind of sense of humour. She's really neutral. You know, just totally neutral. Um, that's part of her role is to be completely neutral so she has no political point of view that she shares publicly anyway and she doesn't really sort of comment on on um events or or things very much she makes a speech every year but then that's written by the government so i don't really know what the queen really thinks you know it's a bit of a mystery um you know if i met her i might have a better better chance of uh getting to know her you know i could talk to her a little bit but as it stands i feel like she's just a bit sort of dull to be honest although saying that i think that obviously um i mean it's it must be great being the queen of course because you're the queen you're, you're sort of everyone sort of um has to respect you and you've got loads of money and loads of you know a great life you know loads of great houses and cars and things at the same time i do think that she probably does work quite hard for the country because after all she is a a sort of public servant to an extent because she goes out representing uh, the uk on the world stage doing various appearances and generally sort of carrying the weight of this position as head of state which must be quite heavy you know the crown might must be quite heavy to to carry you know i imagine that going out every time you go out the hot everyone's eyes are on you uh, it must be quite lonely to an extent and certainly not easy you know i'm sure it's quite hard work although i'm you know I'm sure it's not that hard considering she's got so much stuff. But, um, I mean, she's very good at what she does. She's very strong, it seems. She, the royal family seem to be in quite good condition now, unlike about, I don't know, when was it? Sort of 15 years ago, around the time that Diana died, the, the royal family weren't very popular. But the Queen has been very sort of strong and steady and neutral, and she's kind of um, maintained that kind of stiff upper lip British... Uh, thing where she doesn't reveal her emotions she's very very tough um and um but she's very popular now everyone seems to like her although i wish she would smile and laugh a little bit more make a few more jokes and stuff but apparently she does have a sense of humor obviously when she's on tv in front of thousands of people she doesn't really have a chance to you know i i it would be great if the queen did a kind of stand-up comedy routine when she appeared in public and it's sort of like um Hello, everybody. I'm the Queen. I don't know how it would be funny. Um, I haven't. I've never considered the Queen doing stand-up before, but I think that w- I would prefer the Queen if she did that. Maybe if she played the banjo or something, did some kind of entertain. Enter- if she could do magic tricks for me, that would that would certainly be better. Because you know, then she would genuinely add something special to those public appearances. So she'd be out there, sort of meeting Barack Obama or something, and she'd go up to Barack Obama. Barack Obama would go, "Her Majesty the Queen, it is my great pleasure and honor to meet with you." And then the Queen would, but "Hello, Barack, pick a card, any card, you know." That would be that would be impressive to me if she could do magic tricks, or maybe if she could juggle. You know, I think that would add an, um, something for me because as it is, she just sort of stands there on a boat, not really smiling, just being there, just being the queen. She sort of seems to do the minimum. She's like, yeah, I'm the queen. That's it. That's my only trick is just to be the queen. Um, I personally would prefer it if she did a magic trick or maybe did a somersault or could do some break dancing. you know, like the robot. If the queen did the robot, you know, I think the whole nation would fall in love with her if the Queen did like the robot dance. I am a robot. I think you can appreciate what I'm saying, English Robot 4000. Yes. Yeah, you know, I think that you'd prefer her 
if she could sort of do a robot dance or maybe a magic trick, right? Right. Yeah, I think we'd all agree. What would be the problem with that, except that it might kind of make her seem a little bit ridiculous if she was meeting, I don't know, like Vladimir Putin or something, and he's all serious, you know, um, um, and uh, she's there like body popping and doing magic tricks. It might kind of bring down the seriousness of, of the occasion. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but generally, it seems I don't mind the Queen. I think she's all right. I think she's a survivor. She seems to be quite tough and quite strong. I respect that. Uh, she's never done anything really stupid, unlike her husband, Prince Philip, who has a habit of saying really inappropriate things when he appears in public. Um, in fact, I could probably share some of those things with you now if I just launched the internet here. Um, let's see. Prince Philip. Um, quotes this might be good some Prince Philip quotes alright these are like let's say mistakes that Prince Philip has made Um, Prince Philip as you might know is the Queen's husband and he's alright but he's he's like I don't know he often says these inappropriate things I think he's just trying to be funny but he gets it wrong Um, so for example um uh, he's apparently after being told that Madonna was singing Die An- the uh, the Die Another Day theme in two thousand and two, Prince Philip said, "Are we going to need earplugs?" So obviously, in some ceremony, he kind of he learnt that Madonna was going to sing. Oh, will we need air- earplugs? Well done. Apparently, he's to a car park attendant who didn't recognise him in nineteen ninety seven. He snapped, "You bloody silly fool!" So he's kind of a angry slightly reactionary slightly old-fashioned well very old-fashioned guy um so he said to um a journalist uh, simon kellner the republican editor of the independent at, at windsor castle he said what are you doing here and so the journalist said i was invited sir and philip said well you didn't have to come <laughs> um and lots of lots of things like um Apparently, he went to um, he went to some factory somewhere, and he saw some ele- electrical fittings that were badly installed. And he said, huh, "Look at those fittings! They must have been installed by an Indian," which is like just racist, isn't it? And he uh, he visited some um, workers, some British workers who were vol- doing volunteer work in China, right? And this is unbelievable. He said, um, "Don't stay here too long; you'll go all slitty eyed." If, you, if you're slitty-eyed, right, that's just describing the shape of, like, say, uh, age, you know, Chinese people's eyes. And if, if you describe them as slitty eyes, that's just really rude, like, really culturally insensitive and racist. So he has a habit of saying these stupid things. I and mean, there's just a whole list of these things. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. He, apparently he said to a, um, a, a group of deaf children, like, deaf... These are children who can't hear deaf children uh this group of deaf children who were um standing next to a steel band so a steel band is like you know musical musical band playing steel drums you know like caribbean music so this group of deaf children were at some event standing next to a steel band in two in the year 2000 and prince philip said deaf if you're near there no wonder you're deaf um, which is just incredible. So, um, anyway, there's a massive list of, like, 90 things that he said in his in his career, uh, which have been um, unbelievable. Like he said, apparently in 1967, he said, I'd like to go to Russia very much, although the bastards murdered half my family. Um, so, so, like, whereas the Queen is, like, really under control and she's very appropriate, Prince Philip is quite the opposite and sometimes he says some really rude things. If you want to find out more rude stuff that Philip has said in his time, why don't you just Google uh, Prince Philip quotes and you'll find uh, a list of all the things he said. It's pretty in- entertaining. I might just add some of his quotes onto, on a, as a video onto the webpage and you can check it out. Um, right, so, English Robot 4000, you're still with me. Yeah? You still here? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. So let's uh let's have a chat. What's what's next? Um um Yeah. Next question. What do you personally think of the Queen? Well I've just told you that. Have you been have you been listening? No. Why you haven't been listening? No. Why not? I have another question. Okay, alright, fine. When will the Queen die? What? When will the Queen die? When will the Queen die? Um, well, we don't know. We don't know, do we? It hasn't been arranged. 
It hasn't been organised. Um, we don't know a date when she'll die. But I expect that she's going to last quite a long time. I think she will survive um, for a few more years. I mean, think about her mother, the Queen Mother. I think she was about 100 when she died, which is funny because uh, if, you, if you live to 100 in this country, you get a letter from the Queen, right? So I think the Queen Mother reached 100, so she would have got a letter from her own daughter, which isn't very special. But anyway, she was the Queen Mother, right? Um, uh, the Queen Mother got to about 100 years old, so I expect the Queen will probably live to about 100 as well, quite possibly. Um, so she's 86 now, so she might be around for another 10, 15 years. Um, and so, yes, we don't know. Of course we don't know when she's going to die. It's kind of a weird question. Will Charles ever become king? Will Charles ever become king? Well, well, yeah, I mean, of course he will. Um, some people say that... Uh, some people in the UK don't seem to like him very much and they say that um, they should skip Charles and just jump straight to William. But I don't really know why. I don't know what the reason is. Maybe because Charles... Um, there was a kind of scandal around Charles when he divorced um, Diana because, of course, there was the wedding in 1981 between Charles and Diana and it was like a fairy tale uh, in which we had this kind of young princess marrying a prince in a castle or something, and um, they were going to go on to become king and queen. It was all very magical. But, of course, it didn't quite work out because it turns out that maybe Charles and Diana weren't really in love with each other. Or um, did Diana really know what was going to happen? She was very innocent, very naive. She was only 19, and she had no idea what she was getting herself involved in. It was all an arranged marriage. It was actually arranged, you know. Um, the Queen chose Diana, I think, um, because she was like a... She was related to the royal family in some way. So, you know, the, the, the royal family were, um, were looking for a wife for Charles, a future queen. And so they, you know, did it in an organised way and they found Diana. She was somehow connected to the royal family. She was young. She was pretty. Uh, she liked Charles. So, of course, it seemed perfect. Uh, but what Diana didn't realise is that the marriage was organised. It was an arranged marriage. She thought it was a love marriage, she believed that when Charles and Diana, you know, Charles and herself got married, that it was a genuine marriage of love. But I'm afraid she was wrong. It was, a, it was an organised marriage. Did Charles really care for her or did he do it because it was his duty to do it? I think perhaps he did it because he, it was his duty. Maybe he cared for her in the beginning, but in the end it seemed that his true love was this woman, Camilla, who he's now married to, of course, and they seem very happy together, which is great. But it certainly didn't help the marriage between him and Diana. And Diana, a few years into the, the marriage, realised that it wasn't a marriage of love. It wasn't a fairy tale. It was, uh, it was real. She was a member of this royal family and she had to live by the rules of the royal family, which are very, very strict and very kind of strange and uh, have a long history and have to be um, followed. But it didn't work. She, she didn't want it in the end. And so she, she was very unhappy and she threw herself down the stairs and things. She might have had an eating disorder and she certainly had affairs with other men. Um, and Charles, of course, had affairs with uh, Camilla, famously, and the marriage broke up, which was a great pity. And then, of course, Diana went on to have a tragic uh, death in 1997. Some people believe there was a conspiracy by the royal family to kind of... Um, assassinate Diana because she was going to get married to a Muslim. But I highly doubt it, to be honest. I don't think that the royal family are really... Although we do have a past of, of members of the royal family killing each other, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of blood uh, on the... You know, on the uh, bloodstains on the royal family. They've been killing each other for thousands of years. But these days, I don't really believe that uh, they're capable of it, to be honest. And anyway, I don't think they were even capable of organising it so that Diana died in a car crash. Uh, I think it's a conspiracy theory. And conspiracy theories only really exist because people want to believe them, not because they are genuinely reasonable things that may have happened. Um, so I think it's much more likely that Diana died uh, by accident, and it was a tragic accident, but it was much more likely that it was an accident, that it was organised. Because if you look at the evidence, the driver had been drinking, um, he was being chased by paparazzi, um, and so, you know, there was a lot of stress um, 
And so I imagine that that caused him to crash. He just simply drove too fast. He lost control of the car. He crashed into a bridge and uh, the passengers died. Um, that's not strange. Believe me, it's not strange for that to happen. People die in car crashes every day. So it's, you know, not strange, but it certainly is tragic because uh, the people really liked Diana. Uh, and she, you know, she was a sweet person. It's it, she didn't deserve to die like that. It's just tragic. Um, and of course, William and Harry lost their mother, which was another part of the tragedy. Um, so, what was I saying? Will Charles ever become king? Well, yes, as long as he doesn't die before his mother, then certainly the rules are that he will become king, even for a short period of time. He might be king in in fifteen years or so, and by that time he will be you know, in his 80s, so we'll have an old king. Um, and then after Charles dies, then William will, will take the throne, along with his wife, Kate, who will become queen, and we'll have a king and queen on the throne together for the first time in a long time. Um, so that's kind of what's going to happen there. What do people think of Charles? What do people think of Charles? Well, I don't know. I think he's not as popular as the Queen. A lot of people think that he's a bit strange. They don't agree with his political views. In fact, he's been a lot more outspoken uh, in his political views than the Queen has, and he kind of lays his politics on the table. He believes in, for example, protecting environmental issues quite strongly. Uh, I think think i'm not sure exactly all of his policy all of his politics but he's a lot more vocal about his politics he believes in things like um even things like uh homeopathy and and alternative medicine so some people believe he's a little bit crazy um but i think if it came to him becoming king i think to be honest because people generally support the system of the monarchy in this country these days i think when it came time for him to become king i think people would support him because um they would just get involved in the celebrations and the the pageantry of it all i think that in the end would override any kind of um, um unpopularity that charles might have i think when it comes time to for him to become king i think that people will get behind him and they'll support it and it'll just be a, another great um, party or great festival to see Charles being crowned and we'll all be able to sing God Save the King you know, like um, the Queen is dead, God's God, long live the King and you know people will be singing God Save the King, it'll be very refreshing and revitalising I think for the UK, certainly as things like the, the Queen's Jubilee have been this year, I think the popularity of the Queen and the Royal Family in general is higher than it has been for a long long time and these big events tend to somehow bring the British people together um, and give them a reason to celebrate. And in the end, people just enjoy having two days off, you know? I think if people hadn't had Monday and Tuesday off this week, then um, they they wouldn't support the royal family quite so much. Saying that, though, of course, there is the argument against the monarchy and there are plenty of people who really don't like having a queen and don't like having a monarchy. I'll be going into that a little bit later. Um, for now, let's just let's carry on with your questions, shall we? Um, um, so, what's your next question? What about Diana? What did you think of her? Well, I kind of just talked a little bit about Diana. What did I think of her? Well, I thought she was, as I said, very naive in the beginning, and she didn't realise what she was getting into. The people generally were very fond of Diana because at that time, really, Diana kind of showed the royal family how to connect with people to an extent because she she was a lot more she put her heart and soul into meeting people and trying to connect with them and at that time the queen and the royal family were a bit distant and in fact after diana died the royal family didn't say anything for like you know days and days they refused to make a statement in their opinion the fact that diana had died was a private family matter for them which meant that they didn't oh some kind of statement to the people at all they were wrong of course because the whole nation was waiting for the queen to say something about it and we thought it was very strange that she didn't say anything you can see all that in that movie the the queen with um, helen mirren it's quite an interesting film it gives you an insight into what was happening in the royal family at that time but um diana was loved by a lot of people because she was kind of a real person rather than a sort of um 
you know, like a symbol or, or something. She was a real person. So it was a great shock. Honestly, it was a massive shock to the UK and, in fact, to the world when Diana died. And everyone remembers what they were doing when they heard the news that Diana had, had died. So, so people loved her, really, uh, even though she was kind of naive and, uh, you know, quite reckless. Um, people still kind of loved her. She had a kind of glamour about her, I suppose, um, um, you know, and she, she knew that she was quite clever in the end because she, she did photo shoots and stuff to publicize her image as a kind of Marilyn Monroe kind of f- glamorous, tragic figure almost. So in the end, she was quite clever by manipulating the media to create a, the right impression of herself. Um, so certainly I think when, when, what Diana, what the Royal family got wrong with Diana, which was sort of getting someone who wasn't ready for the responsibility and someone who was so naive. I think they got it right this time with Kate. Um, and, you know, it's been done in the correct way, I think, with Kate. And uh, Kate is very, very popular, Kate Middleton. And, of course, um, you know, whereas Diana was very young and very naive, Kate is a little bit older. She's more experienced. She knows what she's getting involved in by marrying William. And she's been with William for eight years. In fact, they were together for eight years before they got married. So obviously she she was really sure of what she was going to do. And Kate, I think, is quite an interesting person. And it just is a symbol of how the royal family is modernising these days. So you think Kate will be a good queen? Well, if she makes it to become queen eventually, I think she probably will be a good queen. As long as there isn't some huge mistake uh, or some scandal between now and then. As long as William and Kate stay together and, you know, there's no kind of horrific scandal or anything like that, then I I imagine that William and Kate would make a very good uh, king and queen. Um you know, for the reasons that I've given. They genuinely seem to love each other. She's genuinely quite sort of graceful and appropriate. She looks good. She's very stylish. And the main attraction, I think, is that William and Kate seem to genuinely love each other. And they're quite down to earth. They're quite a normal couple. They're not like the Queen or Prince Philip. They're not out of touch. They seem to be fairly decent people. And I would quite happily have a a, a pint of beer with William and Kate. I think that would be quite nice. Although I imagine they're very posh, real sort of Chelsea, Sloan Square type posh people. But still, I think I'd be able to have a drink with William and it would be all right. I think I'd be able to make him laugh. He would. I think he'd be all right. And in fact, Harry, I expect, would be even more fun. I think. I think Harry's probably really good. Uh, a really good laugh. You certainly get that impression from things he does in the media. What's the strange rumour about Prince Harry? The strange rumour about Prince Harry? Well, I don't know if I should really talk about it on the podcast. I don't know if it would get me into trouble. You know, um, yeah, there is this big rumour. It's kind of a dark secret or something. But I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it because I don't want to say something inappropriate. Come on, tell us the rumour. Yeah, I... I, I, Okay, I guess I'll... I'll tell you, but I seriously, I hope I don't get into trouble. I mean, it's not, it's not what I think, it's what other people say, okay? So if I make that clear, um, you know, if I just tell you that it's what other people have said about it, not what I say, then that kind of makes it all right, yeah? You have to tell us now. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. Right, so there is this theory, just a theory, and it's not my opinion, and let, let me just state that. It's just a theory that um, Prince Harry... Uh, isn't actually Prince Charles's son. Um, now, he's the, people say that he's the son, some people say that he's the son of Diana, but not the son of Charles. Uh, and therefore, he doesn't have any royal blood at all. And that he's not actually an heir to the throne, and, and that somehow uh, he's not a real prince. Now, that's not in my opinion. That's just a theory which I've read about and that I've heard about, that some people say... Um, the theory is that um, Diana, when she had an, she she had affairs when she was married to Charles because she wasn't unhappy in the marriage, and one of the people that she had an affair with, by the way, to have an affair means to uh, to like um, have a relationship with someone else when you're married, for example. So she had an affair with this guy. What was his name? Um, James Hewitt, I think. I'm just going to check it. Yeah, his name's James Hewitt. Um, and he was um, 
uh, I think he was a polo player that Diana had an affair with. And um, people say that she had an affair with him around the same time that Prince William would have been conceived. So if you're conceived, that means that you're, like, created, you know, in, in your mother's womb. So people say that, actually, Harry is the son of uh, Diana and James Hewitt. And if you look at pictures of James Hewitt and Prince Harry and Prince Charles, they do look pretty... I mean, Harry and Hewitt do look pretty similar. They've got similar shape face, like the same colour hair. Because if you think about it, Harry's hair is really quite red. And there isn't anyone else in the family with red hair, you know? So he's got this kind of red hair, the shape of his face, the shape of his chin. Looks a bit like James Hewitt. Even down to the fact that the hair is a little bit wavy or a little bit curly. And he's got similar skin tone, similar shape to the face. So imagine imagine the shock or imagine the um, scandal of if um, Harry was not actually Charles's son, but the son of James Hewitt. Imagine that. Obviously, it's never gonna, they're never going to take a, 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 a DNA test or anything like that. Uh, some people say that it's not true and that there have been some reports into this to say that it's impossible. But imagine... Imagine if it's uh, imagine if it really was the case that he's not Charles's son. That would be a big, big scandal. Remember that it's not my opinion; it's just a theory that people talk about. So that's the that is the rumor about Prince Harry. Uh, now, do you have any other questions, um, English Robot Four Thousand? Any more questions to ask me? Yes, I have some more questions. Okay. Can you explain the arguments against the royal family? The arguments against the royal family. Okay. Well, um, there are there are plenty of arguments against it. Um, I mean, in the UK, there are plenty of people who disagree with the royal family and they think that it's a bad thing. But not just in the UK. There's plenty of people in other countries around the world who don't understand the idea of the royal family and think it's, as I said, tr- sort of very old-fashioned or somehow not democratic. So these, the, the arguments against the royal family um, tend to look a bit like this. First of all, they cost us, the taxpayers, a lot of money. So we every, um, every year we pay their salaries and pay for everything that they do from our tax. So that means that the royal wedding, the jubilee, and everything else the royal family are involved in all gets all comes out of our taxes, uh, which is true to an extent. I mean, the royal family have their own estate. They have um, their own assets, and that's part that pays for part of what they do. But certainly, yes, they get salary th- from our taxes. They also pay tax as well, of course. Uh, so some of that money goes back into the economy. But the argument is that they cost a lot in tax, and that somehow getting rid of the royal family would mean that we could save a lot of money, particularly at this crucial time when the Britain is in recession and doesn't have a lot of money to spend. So basically they, people say they're expensive, they're a waste of money. Um, other people say the royal family don't actually do anything. It's not like that they're, it's not like they're the president or something and they actually go around making decisions and affecting the way that the, the country is run. Uh, what do the royal family actually do? What does the Queen do? Well, she just represents, you know, she... She is the embodiment of the state. Um, she, she just has a purely symbolic role. And so because of that, she goes out and she represents and she gives people a kind of a figurehead on which to focus on. Um, rather than, for example, the president who has a dual role of being a figurehead, a, a state figurehead, but also being an executive leader. So uh, people, when they say, what does the queen actually do? They're sort of thinking of the presidential role, which is that of figurehead and um, executive leader. And the Queen is purely a figurehead. So that kind of means that she's politically neutral, more or less. She doesn't really have any political power. She doesn't make any decisions, really. She has the power to, to, to disagree with laws that have been passed by the government. But essentially, she just recommends pretty much every law that comes through. As long as it's been agreed by Parliament and agreed by... Uh, the House of Lords, then I think pretty much every time she just agrees with laws. I think that she hasn't disagreed with the passing of a law in this country for many, many, many years. So she doesn't really have any executive power. So what does she do? She just goes out there, represents, and also just gives people a sort of recognisable face, uh, symbol of uh, Britain. 
as a, a nation, but not just Britain, also the whole Commonwealth. Of course, there are many, many countries which are all tied together under the Commonwealth, and she represents those countries as well, and not just big countries like Australia, Canada, and so on. And Canada and Australia, to an extent, sort of argue that they shouldn't have the Queen on their banknotes and some and, and certain things. Uh, but also smaller nations which kind of rely on the Commonwealth to give them a voice. Um, and so what does, what does she do? She sort of unites all these countries as well in some way. Um, so other people say that having a royal family kind of continues an unfair class system in the UK and that having this elite family, which we all have to respect, somehow perpetuates the idea of an unfair class hierarchy. Um, so, for example, how can you have true equality and true social mobility in the UK when the highest position available is out of everybody's reach? It's just um, exclusive to members of this elite family. Um, you know, people cite America as an example, that the highest position in that country is available to anyone. Um, you can just, you know, you could be anyone. You could grow up on the streets of uh, New York and you could r raise yourself all the way up to the top as the president. And so because of our monarchy, some people say that's an unfair system. Um, so people say it's undemocratic that we haven't voted for this, this um, figurehead, that our um, state representative isn't chosen by the people, that we have no choice, that she's our figurehead whether we like it or not. Um, and so they say it's fundamentally undemocratic and contradictory to have an unelected state representative um, in what is meant to be a democratic system and that there's a, a, an essential, um, fundamental contradiction at the heart of uh, Britain, um, that somehow you can't have a democracy and a monarchy in the same, in the same system. Is it true? I don't know. Another question is that they're just boring. They're just boring people, except maybe the younger ones like Harry, William and Kate, although William seems to be pretty boring as well, to be honest. But the, the argument which has been levelled at the, the royal family over the, over the years is that they're boring and they don't, they, they don't offer anything particularly exciting. The Queen is very reserved um, and they're just stuffy. They don't do any, anything entertaining and they're, very, they're just so reserved by their traditions and their manners that they're just dull. Um, unlike, let's say, you know, the idea of a president. Now, you, you get, in, in America, like, the president often appears in Hollywood movies, right? I mean, there's movies like Air Force One, in which the president is played by Harrison Ford, you know? One man, you know, he was the president. Um, I don't know, I can't ad-lib a, a sort of movie voiceover, but uh, imagine Harrison Ford as the president. That's Indiana Jones, you know, it, that's Han Solo from Star Wars as the president. That's kind of the the view they have of the president in America sometimes, that he's like an, an all-action hero as well. Um, he, he, that's exciting. That's almost sexy or something. You couldn't really have the Queen being played. I mean, you have had, um, what's her name, Helen Mirren playing the Queen, but that's the closest we ha we've had to a kind of sexy Hollywood version of the Queen. I mean, I'd like to see something like, um, who would it be now? Who could we have as the Queen? Um, Anne Hathaway as Queen Elizabeth II. Um, sort of kung fu kicking diplomats or something that she, she disagrees with. Uh, no, you can't have that because obviously the Queen is far too sort of uh, reserved and boring to have anything that exciting. Um, what else? Um, some people say that it's religiously discriminatory, that it's religiously unfair, that um, we're only allowed to have um, a, a monarch or a head of state who is Christian, and not just Christian, but Protestant Church of England Christian. It's, kind of, it's actually against the law for a Catholic to be um, the head of state. So some people say that's that's religiously unfair and that um, it's like sort of um, unethical because we should give everyone an equal chance. Um, you know, for example, a Catholic or a Jew or a Muslim or a Buddhist or even someone who doesn't believe in God at all. Um, so some people say that's unfair as well. Um, and also another argument is that simply it's bad for the members of the royal family as individuals that somehow all of the press scrutiny the pressure 
it means that they suffer from sort of mental and physical health problems. I mean, you could argue that Diana, Diana's death was a result of the fact that she was so high profile and that the press wouldn't leave her alone. And that ultimately was what led to her death. Or maybe even that Charles um, has been given such a hard time by the press over the years that the pressure has just been a bit too much for him and that it's, it's somehow unhealthy for these individuals to, to put them in, in such a kind of difficult position. Um, and generally, at the end, people just say it's an old-fashioned system. It's a leftover from a feudal system uh, when, you know, we had um, landowners who were kings who owned large areas of land and who would protect those areas of land as long as the, the tenants on that land uh, paid uh, tax to them. And that this, this is some sort of old, out, out of, uh, some um, outmoded, kind of mafia version of history in which the most powerful landowners were the ones who who took control and that that's just not the way we run things anymore uh, it should be run by democratic election alone because that's the true way to get a genuine sort of uh, democratic uh, power in this country um so those are the arguments against in 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 effect and i suppose english robot 4000 you probably want me to tell you the arguments for Again, am I right? Yes. Okay, good. Right. Right. You, you've been very quiet, haven't you? Yes. Well, I suppose you're just letting me doing the talking. Yes. Okay. I just want to talk. You want to talk? Yeah? Yes. I just want to talk. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Um, you just want to talk? I just want to talk. Okay, what's going on here? I am confused. You're confused, are you? Well, I suppose you just have to... You're just going to have to just listen for a bit. Um, okay, so just if we just keep listening for a bit, then let's keep going, shall we, yeah? Yes. Okay, fine, fine. So the, uh, the arguments that the royal family is good now, here are the arguments for the royal family. So first of all, people commonly say that they give us a national identity. Somehow, without the royal family, we're not British. And if you think about it, it's kind of true because... Britain has been defined by its 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 monarchy for hundreds of years you know for 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 years and years and years we've been defined by the fact that we have a king or queen on the throne there was a time in history when uh, the parliamentarians these are the these are the politicians in parliament there was a kind of civil war and they actually overthrew the monarchy and there was a big civil war between the republicans and the um the um, monarchists, basically, and they fought against each other. In the end, the parliamentarians, uh, the Republicans, won. But after a number of years, it didn't really work, and they found that it was better when we we had a, a royal head of state. So they reinstated a, a, the king, and uh, but with no real power. That was a very important turning point in our history when um, the the. the the crown didn't really have executive power and that executive power was passed to the House of Commons or the Houses of Parliament. So now Parliament are the democratically elected leaders and they're the ones who rule the country, essentially. So what we have is a, a democratic monarchy, which is quite an interesting combination. We've got a royal family as heads of state, but the real executive power lies with democratically elected leaders, otherwise known as members of Parliament, the government and so on. Um, so... It leaves the, the royal family to be just figureheads to just provide us with a sense of identity. And I can see that because during these times of celebration, people have been waving the, the British flag and they've been very patriotic and positive about uh, their, their national identity. So I'd say that's probably true. Uh, some people say that they don't really cost us very much, that um, in total, the amount of tax that each individual contributes towards the royal family is very small. And it's really just a couple of pounds every year. And that if you compare that to how much money the government spends on things like medical care and defence, the, the money spent on the royal family is really quite minimal. And that uh, really the main area of spending is on other things like defence and, and, and public health. And that uh, if, you, if you really want to focus on saving money, those are the areas that you want to look at. For example, do you think it's right for Britain to be out waging war on other nations? Uh, or should we cut back on our defence spending in order to save money? So is the royal family that big a, a drain on our economy? That's one of the arguments. 
some people say that things like the Jubilee and the Royal Wedding are a great sort of morale boost and something that we can all enjoy. By morale, I mean the general mood and the general spirit among the people. It's a good morale boost and something that everyone can enjoy. It gives people a chance to have fun. And in the end, I think everyone, most people in the UK were quite happy about the Jubilee because it gave them two days off work. So that's great. Of course, we we're all we all support it because we want to have two days off work. Um, so that's that's a good thing. I think if we hadn't had two holidays, I think most many people would have been really pissed off with the royal family, actually. But we got two days off, so it's great, you know. Um, people seem to like the royals these days because they 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 seem to be modernising quite a lot. For example, Kate Middleton is not of royal descent. She's not a royal. Unlike Diana, who was connected to the royal family, Kate Middleton was just a, really just a middle-class, uh, a daughter of a middle-class family. That family, I believe, had a, uh, like a toy shop. Uh, the, the, the father of the family got quite successful selling toys. And so Kate Middleton is the daughter of a, just an ordinary middle-class man, um, but a very upwardly mobile middle-class family, ones that were very ambitious. And I think they even managed to get their daughter into the best schools and even the best university, and uh, maybe with a view to getting her married to a prince or something, and they managed to do it. So still, it's quite a modern step for the royal family to accept a non-royal person into the family like that um so that's a sign that they're modernizing and also they might change the law recent uh, they might change the law soon at the moment the law of succession is that the um the first son is the uh, the, the oldest son uh, is the one who uh, inherits the throne or the crown but they might uh, and, and that if there's a daughter who's older she would be skipped so, for example, if, um, let's say, Prince William and, and Kate have a daughter first, that that daughter would be the first in line under the new laws. They're going to change it so that the first female born can become the monarch. And so that's another sign that they're modernising. Um, um, as I said before, the royal family kind of helps small nations. It helps to give them a voice and a figurehead. These are small nations in the Commonwealth. It kind of gives them a voice. Uh, the royal family don't really have any real power, so the country still does continue as a democracy, essentially. Uh, many republics, like America, for example, still have plenty of inequality and lack of social mobility. So just having um, a, uh, an unelected figurehead as part of an elite family doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have no social mobility. Because look at, the Ameri- look at America, there's plenty of... Um, plenty of problems with poverty and no social mobility there. Um, um, let's see. Does the monarchy really define the culture of the whole country? That, I think, may be more related to the political or executive structure. If you think about social policy made by Parliament, the law, the media, and just the way that each individual person uh, carries themselves through life that those are more important really in defining the culture of a country uh, and the monarchy i don 't know how how much it really defines the country as a whole and I think that for example that people in the uk have just as much freedom just as much social freedom as they do in a place like France or in a place like Russia or even the USA even though they they are considered to be republics um, it's still, you know, they, do they have more freedom than us? I don't know if they really do. I think it's pretty, pretty much the same. Um, and the other thing is that the monarchy is politically neutral. So in their eyes, everyone is the same. You know, the Conservative Party, the uh, Labour Party, they're all the same to them. Um, I don't know if I really believe that, because I've got a feeling that the Queen is maybe a bit conservative at heart. Um, but uh, there it is. So... There you go. That's basically that kind of wraps up my royal uh, podcast about uh, the royal family and about the queen. Um, there are loads more questions, I'm sure, but that pretty much wraps it up. So I told you about the queen, what people think of the queen. I told you about, um, um, uh, let's see, Prince Charles and what people think of him and whether he will become king or not, uh, and uh, about his relationship with Diana and his relationship with Camilla and Diana's sons, William and Harry, and about this strange rumour about Harry that maybe he's um, 
Maybe he's not even a member of the royal family, that he's the son of someone that Diana had an affair with years ago. Um, I told you a little bit about Kate. I, th- I like Kate, personally, mainly because I think she looks fit. I think she looks attractive. I, I quite fancy her. I fancy her. I think she looks better than Pippa. A lot of people go on about Pippa and they give her a lot of attention. But I think the only reason for that is that she's single, really. And also that on Kate's wedding day, Pippa wore a dress which really showed off her ass, you know, her bottom. She, it showed that she had a really great bottom. Now, they couldn't really make Kate look sexy on the wedding day. But, of course, no event is complete without a bit of, bit of sort of a bit of sexiness to it. So I think it was very clever that the dress designer gave Pippa a dress which really showed off her figure and showed the world that she had a really good bottom. So, of course, everyone loves Pippa because she's single. She looks sexy, right? But I think that Kate is actually more attractive than Pippa. I would prefer to to go out with Kate, to be honest, than Pippa. Um, So um, William, I think he's all right. He's probably quite a down-to-earth guy, very posh. Maybe a little bit boring. He looks he looks a little bit like a horse. I mean, he's got that sort of royal horse face that a lot of the royal family have. Um, what else about William? He's losing his hair, of course. But you know, what can you do about that? I don't think I don't think it seems to bother him. I get the impression he's quite uncomfortable when he appears in public. You can see it in the way in in his body language. He often plays with his tie. He sort of seems to be uncomfortable in the clothes that he's wearing. Sometimes I see him gripping his hands together into... He seems genuinely quite uncomfortable in public. And I'm not surprised, really, considering everyone is looking at him with great expectation and there's a lot of pressure on him to perform in the appropriate way. When I imagine he just wants to sort of just be normal. So it must be quite weird for him. Um, What else did I tell you about Diana um, and various other things on the royal family? Don't forget, you can... um, You can leave comments on the podcast if you have any other questions or comments. In fact, I would I invite you to write uh, statements on the podcast. Uh, Just go to either uh, teacherluke.wordpress.com and uh, or you can go to teacherluke.podomatic.com and just um, leave your comments wherever you like uh, and join the debate. My question for you is: What do you think of the British royal family? Uh, Do you think that they're okay or do you think they're you know old fashioned? And does your country have a royal family or is your country a republic or something else? What do you think of your royal family? What do people think of your royal family if you have one? Otherwise, what do you think of the, the sort of the president or whoever you have as the head of state? If you could have a royal family, would you would you choose one? And what would you, what would they be like? Um, so that's pretty much it for this episode of Luke's English Podcast. And... Um, Thanks very much for talking to me, um, English Robot 4000. It's been very nice to have you with me. Thank you for speaking to me, Luke. I learned a lot about the royal family. I love you, Luke. You're the best. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks very much, Yay. You're the best too, English Robot 4000. Are you going to ignore me for another two years now? Am I going to ignore you for another two years now? Um, no. No, no, of course I'm not going to ignore me, ignore you. No, I'm sure that the listeners don't want me to ignore you, right, listeners? You, I'm sure you want to you hear from uh, English Robot 4000, I hope so. Hello, listeners. Please say that you like me. I want to be your friend. I am lonely. Luke never speaks to me. Please talk to me. I want to know about life in your countries. If you are a robot, please send me a message. I want to meet another robot. Maybe a boy robot because I am lonely. If there are any male boy robots out there, please call me because I am so charming and attractive. I am more gorgeous and clever than Kate Middleton, and I am much more talented too. Just call me and you won't be disappointed. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I hope you heard that, listeners. If there are any like boy robots out there, and if you're lonely too, then just send a message to English Robot 4000. And she seems very, very keen to talk to you. And um, so that I'm sure that would make her very, very happy. So thanks, English Robot 4000. I'm going to I'm going to switch you off now, and I'm going to put you back in your box for a little bit. But don't worry, I'm not going to leave you in there for forever. Um, we'll, we'll be going to we'll, we'll be uh, going on a trip uh, to to Paris soon, anyway, and that'll be nice, won't it? Yes. So you'll be able to learn some French? Yes. Okay, great. So, well, goodbye, English Robot 4000. Goodbye for now, okay? Goodbye, Luke. 
I love you. Wow, that's very sweet of you. So, um, and goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. Um, thank you very much for listening. And uh, this has been Luke's English podcast. And I'm pretty much ready to say goodbye now. So you're going to say goodbye with me, the English Robot 4000. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Luke's English podcast. Don't forget to visit teacherluke.podomatic.com for more information. 